Welcome in everybody to another episode of Scurry in the Scrub. Uh, I'm Matt Marinas. He's Jordan Scurry. We are your hosts. And uh, we got uh, some Creighton stuff to update, some life stuff to update for you. So we're just going to hop on and give you give you our takes on all the things that are happening in the, the off-season. The off-season. Like the off-season. The off- Scurry in the Scrub edition. The off- yeah, the off-season oh. edition. We told you guys not to not to panic because stuff happens, right? Like people leave, people come, and it just like all comes together in the end. It just like I think it's when when you have the right people in place to uh, run the organization, if you will, um, yep. it all works out basically. So yep. there was a minute there where it was just like, like- is falling, but now it's good. It's just like we didn't give it enough time, and especially because it was a new year with the new rules and the transfer portal. No one gave it enough time to really like flesh this thing out because, mm. again, like Creighton was coming off all their success from this year. So you knew things were going to shake up a little bit. But like after it was uh, a bunch of roster spots that I guess we didn't think about, now we're seeing how it all pieces itself back together. So mm-hmm. I think there's here we are. How many sky is falling moments do we have? Like Christian transferred. Uh, Wrench went to Oklahoma State. Lusk went Lusk. to Purdue. Uh, Huss was like uh, Illinois was flirting with Huss. Um, that one made me nervous a little bit. I can't even lie. That one. No, made, that made, made you nervous. That, that one made you nervous, really? Okay. Right. I have guys. I have and because mind you, I was on vacation, right? And so I did. I'm not gonna name names, but I did have guys on the team calling me, being like, "Hey, man, this is what just happened. I know you're on vacation, bro, but this is what just happened." And then they broke it down to me, and I was like, ooh, I don't know. They were like, you think he's going to leave, right, bro? Like, honestly, like, give me your – like, and I was like, I don't know, bro. Just, like, sit this thing out. Don't don't think about it too much and just let it play out. All right, so so you were were trying to, like – calm the panic even inside there then huh? yeah i was trying to sweep, i was trying to sweep it under the rug oh, okay. i was honestly i was like i was trying to take that noise and sweep <laughs> it under the rug i just couldn't see it man huss has like made strides and like i know he's comfortable at creighton and so i really thought like he's he was start, he was starting to build something especially when i was there and mm. i think now that like trust he builds amongst players and that like relationship he has like he's much more himself i feel at these creighton practices and during games even oh, yeah. having the opportunity to coach a game him like himself standing alone this year like i think that just made him even more comfortable in his role and so i'm glad i tried to sweep it under the rug because we definitely need him back i think it's funny that the players go through that too i didn't even i hadn't even considered that oh, yeah. i figured they just like kind of knew what was going on most of the time but no nope, i mean like, like what are you gonna do like wh- when you hear it it's like we I remember back to the summer of my sophomore year mm-hmm. Mac got an offer from Ohio State oh yeah the Ohio State and I remember he, we had, it was during basketball camps in the summer mm-hmm. and so we all were in we all gathered actually as camp counselors like you have to gather to like give your sheets in at the end of the day yeah and we had heard the news everybody had heard at that point and so we kind of didn't really talk about it like around people on the facilities whatever but when we were back in the dorms and stuff we were like yo if they offer him the money he's gonna go right he's gonna go and then i remember seeing like the private jet jet tracker like on on twitter online at night damn so you guys follow it just like we oh yeah okay and then in the morning and then in the morning he shows up like nothing happened he shows up for camp like nothing happened 
yeah. super chill, super giddy, giddy old Mac. And I remember looking at Ronnie and being like, so we're just going to act like he didn't just interview for a hour. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, that one worked. So hopefully this one works itself out. Yeah, that's like when I, I, I this is kind of like we've talked about this in a in a not so great way with Creighton this March or whatever. But they're so good at kind of keeping everybody in lock because that's one of the first times like they all uh, I almost got like shut out of the gym or whatever. Um, actually, you ghosted me, too. So, like, I could tell you guys have been told, hey, don't see 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 no media, say nothing like walk. They definitely keep your head media. down and like get to your get to your locker room, get changed, get your work in and like don't talk to anybody. Um, cause you like walked right by me and then like not even an acknowledgement of like existence. Like, Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Nothing like that. But so the first, so that day, that morning you're talking about that morning, you're talking about, um, the women were, the women's basketball team was practicing at the championship center that morning. Yep. So I was going to hit that up anyway, just cause that's, you know what I do. So like, I was just going to watch and then the Mac stuff broke that night, but that didn't, I had already planned on going to the championship center and watching practice. Right. So I walk up in there and dude, I get to, you know, the, like the sidewalk between like DJ and championship center or whatever there, like there was like, it was like a, almost like an armed guard service. Like Rob was like just hanging out in that area. And I guess he was trying to catch you guys to let you know, like, Hey, these rumors are flying. It. Like, don't, don't say nothing. Don't say anything. It's not like, you don't, you know, let's figure it out first. Like that kind of thing. Um, so I, I get out of the car and I'm going to the championship center to watch practice for the women. And Rob's like, Hey, you can't, you can't go in here today. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, we, it's, it's, you can't be around the players and stuff. I'm like, well, I'm just going to watch the women's basketball practice. He's like, Oh, they're practicing. I was like, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like there's more things uh, running around the world yeah. than just the. But the you see how much of that's how, that's how I, that's how I got in the yeah. gym. And it was funny because I'm in the gym and I'm waiting for the women's team to start practicing. And like, it's just like, you know, you guys come in one at a time, two at a time, three at a time. And it's all all of you on the whole roster, like head down. No, like you don't see anything. There's nothing happening around you. Straight to the straight to the lounge, straight to the locker room, like get your work it puts us think about how awkward of a position that puts us in because it's like people and it was during a camp like i'm saying right so the diehard parents who know really what's going on behind the scenes start asking us like they're like you don't think he's gonna leave do you and it's like (laughs) what information do i have like i don't (laughs) know I know as much as you at this point i know it's kind of funny sometimes you guys know less in some situations yeah exactly and so those things, you just kind of got to let them play out. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I hope this one works out the same way because I guess there's still time. Is there still time? For people to leave? Yeah. Coach Hus. Like, Coach all Hus. The way. I mean, people have left all the way. When, when did that no, but I mean, like, But I mean, Coach Huss to take the Illinois offer. Oh. Did we yeah, completely I mean, shut like, the door on that yet? I don't know. Well, they haven't. I don't think they've hired anybody yet. So, yeah, I guess it's still technically op- is open for well, – but Fingers yeah, that's crossed. like so. So Huss was a sky is falling moment, um, and I guess if you want to like all the uh, seniors um, opting to leave when they had an opportunity to stay, I guess like that's and then Marcus early entry. So there's a lot of like panic going on. Like oh my god, 
the whole starting lineup's gone. Yeah. Uh, both assistants have left, and the third one is being courted by another school. Like, Ty uh, Ty already decommitted. Like, he's not even considering Creighton anymore. It's like, oh, my God, this is panic time. Like, no, relax. There's a lot of coaches in this game, a lot of players in this game, and when one opportunity opens up for, like, someone leaves Creighton, that's an opportunity for someone to come to Creighton. And I think, exactly. like – I, th- I don't know how, how you feel about the two assistant coaching hires, first of all, before we get into the recruiting class, but I thought those were pretty good hires. I agree. Like, I've only listened I to the agree. podcast on – I don't know if you listen to the podcast, Nick Boss podcast. Those are the only times I've heard those dudes. And then on uh, 1620 with Bishop. But uh, I'm, I'm – like, first impressions, I'm impressed. Like, I think I think Ryan Miller the from TCU – um, certainly has um, some recruiting chops. Like he's put together some really talented rosters at a lot of different places um, and some places that are kind of under the radar major college basketball programs too, mm-hmm. which I think kind of fits Creighton's identity. You know what I mean? They're like a major yeah. college basketball program, but they aren't necessarily a headliner, you know? I agree. So I think he knows how to recruit to places like Creighton and he has done it in the past with some talented dudes. Um and then Jalen Courtney Williams, like, I just love, like, that dude's personality. You know what I mean? I think, like, yeah. he gives off a really yeah. infectious uh, kind of vibe to him. I think players will enjoy being around him. I don't know what he's, like, coaching yet, but, you know, that's a different uh, a different type of situation for you guys to, yep. to, to adjust to. But just his, like, general vibe, I think he's I think he's pretty cool. Like, I agree. And he was, a, he was associate head coach at – McNeese State, he had just been promoted to that like three weeks before um, getting the Creighton gig. So he was coming up kind of in the game a little bit. He was making a name for himself. So I'm impressed with those hires. I don't know what your first impressions were. I agree. I think just uh, straight personality-based, I think it gives all the personalities that I was used to having in the locker room, like mm. with those coach, the combination of both of them. I think it just gives you that like uh, – like that livelihood, but also seriousness that like you need in the locker room to like have a successful recipe of coaches that you trust and can talk to, but also are pushing you all that. So I think the recipe's there. I think it's all there. And then I think recruiting wise, it could work out terrifically because I think like you were saying about coach Miller from TCU, very similar to Creighton where it's like the facilities and everything and the opportunity that the basketball program presents, like, yeah, it might not be the high, high major that you're used to hearing about, but mm-hmm. like these coaches know how to sell these schools that mm-hmm. are the Creightons and the TCU. So I think Coach Miller is going to do a wonderful job of that, at least so, thus far. So, Wait, yeah, no, I'm excited. When you get, like when, you, when you're a player on a team, because like, I don't, I don't know how many times you went through it. Like Lusk was new to you, right? In the middle of your career. Um, Wrench was new to right. you in the middle of your career. I think Huss was too, right? Yep. You were already there before Huss was there, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, you've been through all three then. Yeah. All three different assistants flying in there. Like, what? what's – how do you react to that type of stuff? Like, when you try to – when you're there and you're trying to get comfortable and there's already an established staff there and then they go through this shakeup type of situation, um, what's the adjustment like for you? Like, is it – what are some of the challenges that go into trying to learn how to trust – different voices, different ideas while also, you know, staying within yourself. I think the most important part is just having the coaches know your game. Like I remember vividly when coach Huss came in and when coach Lust came in, 
specifically those two, I was like, we got to get in the gym. Like, it's about just like, obviously you want to form a relationship and build trust, all that. Right. But you want them to know your game. And for me, like a guy who they're not watching my recruiting videos and they're not seeing much of me like five on five in the summer while we're doing skill development stuff. I just made it a conscious effort to try to get in the gym with them as much as I could off because in those moments where you're having one-on-one sessions or Mm. you're working out in groups of three or whatever, that was helpful because then the coach knows your game and he doesn't just speak to you like any other traditional player. Like he can speak to your game specifically and he can tell you what you need, like what he can help you improve on. And then you get to like, in through those conversations, then you kind of build up like a relationship. But I think that's the best way to start it out. And that's what helped me, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, they start up workouts, I think, that first week of June coming up here. So that'll be interesting from an evaluation standpoint, because yeah. there's it's almost like the whole team is kind of new, even though there's there's people returning. Um, it's like that you have new assistants and a, a new incoming recruiting class with it's a five man class, right? I'm going to count this right. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Yeah, five man. Yeah. You know, five man class. That's usually a pretty big class, right? So that's huge. That's we, like a. In that's my a, time there, we had never had. When I was at Creighton, our largest class was Tyshawn, Mitch, Jacob. Oh right? really? Okay. Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. Correct me if I think I'm that's, wrong. I think that's right. Me, Davion, Kobe, but we all came at different times. Davion came first. Kobe came because uh, for the last month of the summer, and I didn't even come until after the summer. So it's like because D. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was four because uh, oh. DJ was a red shirt that year correct yeah right so but even that's still smaller than this one yeah so dj mitch ty jacob is the biggest one we can i think that's the biggest one right yeah i'm trying to think did they add any did they add a fifth guy that year i guess then would you consider denzel what no. year was yeah. what year was manny was that manny's manny year was my junior year oh is it, manny was your junior year yes your did you redshirt? No, 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 no. Manny was. I thought Manny was the Manny was the year Mitch was a Manny Mitch was Tyra my freshman year. Okay, Manny was yeah, my yeah. sophomore year. Yep. All right, so that year they had a five man class then with two two transfers, one sit out, um, and three freshmen that yep. were eligible basically. But this year, with again with the new rules, like everybody's eligible to go. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Ryan Hawkins, re- doesn't, he doesn't have to sit out. Like it's reloaded. Five, it's five guys who can all practice, earn a role, and play. Like they're yep. good. They're good to go. Like they go them, you know. So this is a pretty big class. So you bring in five new recruits who are all going to vie for playing time. Um, you lose your whole starting lineup, and you bring in two new assistants who are going to kind of have their fingerprints on you know, what type of season you have next year, which that's which I think a lot of change, so right? Like, so what do you, when you're going through, like when you're uh, a returner, like a Sharif and Antoine, Alex O'Connell, who had only been here a year, um, you know, like Devin Davis, Sammy Osmani, like Murfeld, like what, what uh, there's like a whole, there's like a whole opportunity for everybody, right? It's like a fresh start for everyone. They all kind of have, they're all kind of at ground zero. Are they not with, with five new recruits, no returning starters. Like everybody's kind of got a place. Which is to actually, right I think better, which is, I actually think is better for this team heading into this season, because now you don't have the pressure of the sweet 16 team from last year. You don't even have the pressure of the team that was 
in my time where it was like built to get to the sweet 16 by like my senior year. And it was like built for a certain reason. No, this is just ground zero. Like let's see what we have and let's build back to that final four caliber team. Let's try to get there. Mm -hmm. And so I think for everybody just to be able to have fresh faces and understand it's a whole new thing where Marcus isn't the point guard anymore. And captain mitch isn't there anymore like it, it's a whole new identity and this team's gonna have a whole new identity and there's nothing really holding them back which i think is exciting like and i say holding them back in terms of like there's no real lingering effects from years past like you don't have to be <clears throat> last year's team and you don't have to be the team from the years before like you just have to be this whole new team new coaches new players still gonna play the same offense so they guys just have to find themselves within that yeah, like so was when when you go through that sophomore season because that was the first, well, probably the junior year, right? Because that was after Marcus and Kyrie left. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the junior year, you got you got uh, you know uh, Davion who had, who had gotten a full year of uh, you know starters minutes at the one, basically Marcus coming in, Mitch and Tyre in year two, Jacobs kind of in his, I mean he only played half that first year basically, so. Uh, I mean, not even that, probably, if you think about when he came in. He came in the pink-out game, right? So not even half a year. Um, so Jacob was kind of still a freshman. And then um, do you feel like it's all kind of, like, there for you to earn? Like, you, I think what you're talking about is, like, there's a pecking order when you have a bunch of returners, right? You kind of show up in the gym and you know who yeah, – yeah. You know, you know who's got. You know who's position. got what you know spots. Who you have like, to beat out. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you walked in the gym and Kyrie Thomas and Marcus Foster, like, were in there at the wing. Like you knew. Like Tyshawn knew he was like, I'm gonna have to earn this position. Like I'm not just gonna get this when I'm walking in. And obviously, he eventually did end up earning it. But you yeah. see the process he had to go through. Right. It's gonna be very similar to like what the process is for this team, where it's like whoever the point guard is for this team, you see what Marcus did and why he was successful over the past years. But it's like whoever's going to step into that point guard spot now, I'm not expecting you to do it the same way, but you just have to produce. I, I and I can't. just think it's that – I think it's that across the board, every position. Yeah, no, really, for real. Like practices are going to be crazy. Oh, yeah. Because I think everything oh, – yeah. I think I think everything with this team – they, there's probably within the coaching staff because they've evaluated the players at a deeper level um, – <clears throat> you know, they've talked to them, they've gauged their personalities, they've watched them in person, they've watched them on film. Um, so they kind of have, they probably have some idea of how they expect it to shake out, but you still don't know until you put them all together and let them compete with each other, right? Mm. So and, and, that's the that's the fun part about this group is like when when the practices get going, even from the summer, when that first, first week of June, and then they get that five weeks, right? And then... Mm you know, they break for the final few weeks of summer, go home, see their family before school starts. And then, uh, you know, uh, when practice starts before the season, like it's going to be a dogfight in that gym oh, yeah. every day, every day, oh, yeah. even, even during the season, there's going to be oh, yeah. times where like this dude might be getting 30 to 35 a game. And then two weeks later, he might be getting 15 because like someone just took his spot in practice and, you know, showed something in games that we wanted to see in a different spot. Like it's going to be sure. a crazy year like that, where you might have an entirely different uh, rotation of main guys from day one to the last day of the year. Like it might look totally different. Yeah. And I think what I'm the most excited for is just because not to hash too much back on my time, but um, 
there's this transition and you know it between like the summer period, like the five weeks in the summer. And then when you come back where that whole summer is like learning the Creighton offense, it's like you come into the Creighton offense and I love it now because it's five young guys and they're going to come into it and they're going to be like, think they're taking good shots and pick up, think they're taking good shots and, and drills and stuff. And then you're going to notice this whole shift after they have that five weeks to play where it's like, nah, those shots are actually not good shots for this offense and what we have going here individually for you, probably a good shot. But with what we have here as a team, it's like when guys buy into it, it's so crazy. Cause I just remember even when Antoine, like his first three weeks in the summer, when we started working out, like he was like, once I get this, I'm going to be so good with it because it's like, as a player, you can feel the flow of a Creighton offense and you can feel the flow of the ball, but you really can't pick that up until like three weeks into it, three weeks mm-hmm. of playing for real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited for all these young guys like who are coming in with their own swag and their own game, but then to like kind of adapt to the Creighton offense and adapt to the style and speed at which we play. It's going to be fun to see. Like I'm, I'm very excited because it's just, it's a lot of new and, and that can be, it can be good. It can be tough but i think it's going to just work itself out the way it always does the two i the two i always think of when i hear when someone brings up the difference between the summer and when it actually is like season season practice like that first day is uh Kyrie and martin Kyrie and thomas martin crample okay so, you got, so their freshman year before the before their freshman year the summer before their freshman year uh i think uh, you guys were going to Italy. So I wasn't you had- on the squad yet. Oh, okay. I wasn't there yet. This was a, that was a year before I got there, but go ahead. Uh, okay. I thought that was your first year. Um, no, go ahead. I know this story, though. Keep going. Okay. So, yeah. So, they were going to Italy. Um, so, they had – so, that means you get 10 extra practices in the summer to get yourself ready for that. Then you go to Italy, play the games, um, come back, and, you know, rest up before the season. So, Kyrie and Martin were killing it in those 10 practices. I mean, they looked because it was it was more free flowing. It wasn't as structured, right? You know, um, they could kind of just hoop, like you were saying. Uh, and I was like, I came away from that ten days thinking, man, Kyrie and Martin might be starters. Like they might be day one starters. They look incredible. Then fall camp starts, preseason camp, and it's like, oh their heads are spinning a little bit more than they were like not just four weeks ago. Cause there's so much, cause now the structure's in place. Like yeah. you have to know the plays uh, you have to know the, the, the kind of the, the principles it's not, it's not just go out there and hoop anymore. Like point. there's some, there's That's some, there's some discipline to it. And they went from like being easily the top five, one of the top two of the top five guys in my mind to like, I didn't even think they were going to play like, <laughs> Because that's how Mac does. He teases us. Like when we go on these overseas trips and we went to Australia like the before my senior year. So I already had three years in the program. Right. Mm. But before we went to Australia, because obviously you get the new guys in the summer and all that, he only put in like 20 sets. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have like 200, like more than that. Like, right. He only put in like 20 for Australia. Like he put in the basic ones when we Mm. went over there. And so I was like, oh, this is great. Like, and I, because I knew all the plays, like, and just from being there for three years. Yeah. And so all that. 
And then there was guys struggling with just those, like, what, 30 plays? And I'm like, dog, you got to get ready. When we come back, they're coming every day. We're getting at least 10 new ones. Like, Yeah, that's right. I love the early <laughs> practice. Tell me about the 10 new ones every day. It's like every day. Before you guys even start running, it's like it's five on zero, and here's a whole oh, that, bunch of new stuff. That to first 10 minutes to every practice is that you have to be the most mentally locked into that. Yeah. That that's it. Cause it's, and then he'll quiz you and Mac, Mac will get you at the end. He'll quiz you after the practice on all mm-hmm. the plays, like make you run through them when you're tired and your brain's like, yeah. no, I do not remember this play from an hour ago, but he's like, run it. And you're See, like, I'll try it's, to it's, try to piece this together. It's amazing. It's so funny to watch. Cause it just shows how hard it is to be successful at this, at this yeah. level, because they'll run, he'll take his most experienced crew and he'll run everything he wants you to run five on zero and he'll run it in front of your face. Mm-hmm. Like our, our quick refresher before the quiz, basically. Yep. And he'll have all those dudes run it like they, cause they know like the back of their hand, right. He'll find the most the dudes who do not screw up an inch of it. And then he'll break them off into, he'll break you guys off into three. Like, you know, you go on this court, you go on that court, you go on this end, you go on that yep. end. And like, it's just funny watching all the chaos. Like yeah. there's like this yeah. dude, two dudes screw up over here. It, two screw up over here. Be- He's just walking around going, stop, 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 stop. That's not dude. And then, and then think about the guys like you brought up Martin and Kyrie. Think about the guys like Martin and Kyrie who have to not know just one position, Mm -hmm. but two to three. Yeah. So Martin was, Martin went from like the three to the four, to the five, to the five, to the four, to the three, to the five. Like he was going all around. Yeah. So he had to know all of them. Mm -hmm. And like on inbounds plays, he would play the five sometimes. Sometimes he would play the three. Like there was a bunch of different setups. So, yeah, those things only come into play after, like, when the season's about to begin. So in the fall, it'll in the be fall, fun. Right? Yeah, it'll be fun to see like the general skill and talent of this team up until they come back. Mm-hmm. But then when it gets into competition, that's when you're going to see who the real dogs of this year's team. Are. So right, because it's like, going to be a fun little. This is the about fun competition. Is like you guys don't. I mean, there, there's, there's, it's a free flowing thing, but he's not going to let dudes out there making 20 mistakes a night. You know what I mean? No, like you just said it, you just said it, Mac, the guys who like know that playbook and know it through many positions. Those are the guys who are going to be out there. Right. Because at the beginning of practice, when he doesn't want to mess anything up, you know, Mm -hmm. time is precious. We're practicing when Mm -hmm. he can't mess any of that stuff up. He's like, no, I'm not throwing out just who my most talented guys are. I don't care. I'm putting my guys out there like TC who just know the plays. I'm right. I'm putting those guys out there. So this works. So guys can see what they need. Even if you're just watching, you can see what you need, how hard you need to run yeah. on this cut during this play, how you set this up during this play. Like that's the guys he's putting out there. Yeah. That's why it's funny watching like, you know, Kyrie will have a good game against a team that's, you know, lower level D one. You're like, Oh my God, this dude's got so much potential. He's so talented. Why doesn't he play more? It's like, well, when Butler comes in the gym and they're super yeah. disciplined and, mm-hmm. you know, they can take advantage of your aggressiveness and your eagerness to just make a play or like a Villanova who's super disciplined. Like you got, it takes more than just a raw talent and, to survive. And that that's, that's a great point too, just because like you were talking about scouting report stuff. Yeah. Like you can be the most talented guy in the gym, this, this, and that, but it's like, well, when you have a two page scouting report on you, mm-hmm. how good, how good are you then? You know, right. so it's like the guys who are out there for Creighton are the guys who are, I know the scouting report against me, but I'm still going to execute. And I know like all of the plays better than most of the guys on the team. So like, that's why I'm playing. Yeah. It, it, it's a, 
accumulation of things. What was what was that one? Out. What was that one game where DJ? Uh, there was a certain defensive game plan for I think it was Seton Hall or something, and you're like, do you, this is like this is what we want to do when they when they go to this, and it, I think DJ like messed it up in practice, and kind of got his little like, hey man. If you do that in a game, I'm taking you out because I can't play you if you can't guard this because they're going to run this constantly. And and I think it was the first couple possessions he did. He messed up again on that action, and Mac pulled him. And it's like Damian Jefferson, by the time he was done, couldn't come off the floor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he could not yeah. take that dude off. He knew everything, the ins and outs. He was, like, arguably the most valuable player because of his athleticism and all the things he could do from playmaking to – defense mm-hmm. to hustle to effort all that so by the end of it he couldn't come off the floor but early on he had his growing pains too that's the oh, thing yeah. about he it just, everybody who has leveled up at Creighton you see how good they are they've all had their moments where it's like they they really can't be trusted out there because they make too many mistakes it happens yeah. to everybody because look at DJ is a great example because look at the look at the athlete DJ is like he's yeah. probably one of the best athletes to come to Creighton in, I don't know, past five years. So yeah, right. Him, Marcus like, Foster, like uh, yeah. either of those two. As athletic, as athletic as both of those two dudes are, right, they weren't, like, at the point where you couldn't take them out of the game until they knew all the de- – like, at every point this season, if you were to ask DJ, what's the defensive scheme? He could tell you. If you were to ask DJ, what are we doing on offense? He was going to tell you. Yeah. If you was going to ask, like, what's the halftime adjustments? He could tell you. So, like, that's – that's the next step, I guess. Like right. you can put in all the work you want, dribbling, drill, shooting, all that, but that's the second component to it. Yeah, attention to detail. Once you get that down, you take off at Creighton. Yeah. yeah. If you have attention to detail down, you're gonna be like a superstar at Creighton. Yes. Because Max gonna Max gonna take the reins off. You just go hoop. Agreed. But and you do everything. Agreed. You do everything right from a schematic standpoint, and your game is gonna take off. And that's what happened. Like Agreed. when he was final, and the details were finally all in lockstep. Like he just started hooping and it was like, oh man, this dude's balling out right now. So yeah, oh, yeah. that's the way it goes. So let's get into this recruiting class because it is pretty, I mean, from a yeah, historical it's- standpoint, it's as good as Creighton's ever hauled in. I don't know. Do you what, what do you care about recruiting rankings? Like nope. get, take me back to the high school Jordan Scurry. Like, do hoopers care about this stuff? I think they do. I think some of the guys who are like really top guys who are trying to like I don't know, be lottery picks maybe and mm. all that, like one and done guys, really. Uh, I never paid too much mind to it just because, especially at places like Creighton. And what's funny is like, I think this year Creighton did the same thing that they always do is they just recruit the right pieces that they feel. Mm. This year it just ha- so happens that all these pieces just were the top caliber pieces <laughs> and ended up being a high recruiting class. But I don't think, no, as a player, you mean like, do we look at them with guys coming in? Like, is that what you're asking? Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. Like, when you say like Creighton's got the number seven recruiting class in the country, and you're you're a returner, do you go, oh, like here come all these like all stars? Like, how do you feel about it? Like, what do you? Well, I think I, if I'm a return, if I'm a returner for Creighton, or I'm a returner for another team. If you're a returner for Crate. I know how the returners for other teams are going to feel about it. <laughs> they're going to yeah. they're going to try to chew up some pieces out here. Like, yeah. like, all right, come on, Rook, let's go. But like, how do you feel if you're in the gym? Because there is a certain level of balance that has to be struck, right? You have to be really competitive because there are spots up for grabs. Um, and in some guys' cases, like you know, Sharif, Antoine, whatever, 
for the first time in their careers, right? They have a chance to earn prominent roles from ground zero, like we talked about before, because none of those, there isn't that, that experience crutch anymore. They have the experience now. Right. Right. So when you got a bunch of new guys coming in, like there's one, you know, there's three, four top 100 guys, three top 100 guys and one um, highly decorated D2 guy. Uh, Like, how do you feel about that when you're, when you're returning on the roster and you've got more experience in this group, do you like, how do you strike that balance between I'm coming for your neck versus like, we're going to grow together? Well, I think early on, you kind of set it on a tone of I'm coming for your neck. Like I, I think, and I've seen quotes from all these guys saying like, I want to earn everything I get. And that's a good mentality to come in with because I know as a returner, if I'm here, I'm like, I don't care if it's the number seven recruiting class. I want all these guys to earn it. Like, they don't know the playbook better than me yet. They don't understand this offense better than me yet. So if they can do that in a year, all right, kudos to them. But, like, they're going to have to come get it. Mm-hmm. And I think especially just it's it's a good progression, again, like having the summer to be, I guess, uber competitive, and then you go into the season, and then you kind of try to put the team stuff together. Uh, I, I just – it's earned, man. Like, I, I just hope they know I don't care if you're a number seven recruiting club. If I'm still there, I'm like, I don't care what you were ranked. I don't care whatever. How do you play in this offense? Because as of right now, I know it's not better than me yet. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's how I would feel. Mm-hmm. And so if you can come in and you can put the work in, like, to get better than me, then, hey, you took it. You got that spot. Like, kudos to you. But it's just because somebody's like this highly touted recruit doesn't matter. Like, I've seen highly touted recruits come to Creighton and it's like they – they couldn't put it together either. Yeah. So it, they're, they're, it's just a lot of things have to come together, I guess. I remember one story Maurice told me because Maurice was there. Maurice, Maurice's redshirt year was a 2014-2015 season. Um, and then Marcus Foster came in uh, that following year as a, you know, a guy who would redshirt and then play the year after that. And I remember Maurice was telling me like he was reading like Marcus Foster was this guy who was going to come in, lead the team in scoring, be the guy, all that stuff, you know. And I, when he got here, I remember Maurice like said he told him, he's like, hey, look, I know like this is what they're saying about you um, in the media and whatnot. And like, this is what you're supposed to be. I'm just telling you, it's not going to be like that. Like, I'm like, you have to come through I'm me. I'm the guy. I'm that dude. I'm that dude. Yeah. Like. So uh, how does that like? How do you guys re- like? How does that respect form when you're when someone when you're new, I got a great when you're new one. to I the got team a- and someone comes up right in your face and says you're not the guy yet? You sit down. Like I got a great one for you. Best example is Tyshawn Alexander. Okay. Because when Tyshawn came in, we all knew he could shoot the lights off the ball because he was he was the dude who came in and was put up like we scrimmaged to seven, right? And he was the dude who could erupt for seven straight points. Okay. Like just shooting, and we'd be like, "Oh, game over, right?" And I just remember him and Marcus like actually going at it that summer, like in a get like a pickup. Marcus, game. Marcus Foster, right? Foster, yeah. Foster. Okay. okay. And Marcus was also one of those dudes, obviously, who could rep for seven straight points in a pickup mm-hmm. game and kill. Mm-hmm. He had a solid team at the time, and I remember Tyshawn was cooking, right? Tyshawn, I think he had like five straight, missed the one to put it to seven, Marcus comes down, hits it, and he's like, yeah, that's why you my grandson, right? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you go, and then, like, you know, Tyshawn's like, come on, you're not going to talk to me like that, like, you know, blah, 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 and they, like, get into it in terms of, like, yo, I'm, 
I'm I'm just as good as you. I'm this. I'm that. Right. They both. And it's like up, right. They both buck. Yeah, yeah. And then so they're like, all right, let's play the ones. Like after we get done the pickup game, play ones, and then they play one on one for like an hour, right? And then every time we were on the road after that, they're playing one on one. But that's just the kind of competitiveness I mean that you like have to have. Where Tyshawn's coming in and he knows that Kyrie Thomas, Marcus Foster role, that's going to be him. He wants to get that. And he, that him being like, nah, I'm not your grandson. I'm I'm here. Like, is him being like, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go earn this. And obviously, like, it took a took some time and all that. But he eventually became that role in every like that player that we saw Marcus and Kyrie were. Yeah. And so I think that competitive, just pushback and all of that, and the in the nature of the positions is tells you the respect. It's needed. Yeah. Like it's needed because it. it helps guys know it's like yeah i'm not there yet but i'm gonna get there so it, it's motivating and it's also good because it's just guys pushing each other to be better yeah i think that's what happens out of the competition like there are probably some moments you could isolate like oh man those guys don't like each other oh that's that's mm -hmm. that's heated that's volatile but like through all of that mm -hmm. once you're still on the same side at the end of the day mm -hmm. it, there's like that's how respect is kind of earned right yeah. it, it happens organically like that mm -hmm. I think that I think this class is going to go through a lot of that because, like I said, there's enough returners that want spots, mm -hmm. and they're really competitive. Oh, yeah. So I think you're going to get some dog fights. Like, oh yeah, I, you just look at Sharif, a guy like Sharif, and then you watch Ryan Nemhard and see how he plays. Those are going to be must see practices. Yeah, because those dudes aren't going to give an inch at all. They didn't give. They haven't given inches their whole careers. So now mm -hmm. when they're going head to head for the spot. Uh, to be PG one without if Marcus uh, you know stays in the draft, that's that's a spot up for grabs that they're going to fight tooth and nail all the way up to not like I said all the way up to the first day of the regular season, but also like continuing to earn that spot every day in practice. Oh yeah, with the details and everything. Once you get in a Big East play, it levels up again. Like you got to be you got to be sharp. So. Oh. The, the, sharp, the sharper dude, the more deep, the guy who has who's more detail oriented, less mistake prone is going to get the spot. But the process of earning it is going to be fun to watch. And you just said why I think this team will actually be good all season long is because no one's secure at all in their spot. Oh. And it doesn't matter if you play a great uh, non-conference. Right. Point guard, right. Like, so say Sharif starts in non-conference at the point guard. Right and goes all up until right after Christmas. Yes, it and they say that even if they only lost two games, it's it's still not just his spot. Like yeah. Ryan could just as easily come in and get take it from him if he shows the correct yeah, improvement. Yeah, the head's that right. And he figures it out. Yeah, right. Yeah. So and if he like picks up the offense a little bit, like whatever it may be, it's just like at no position on this team do I see like nah he's set there right. in this like there's no any position could change at any point in the season. But I think what's great about that is I just think that's going to make the guys who do start and do play significant minutes value it more. Right. And I think that's going to help this team this year. Yeah. hundred percent. You're, you're totally right. Isolating that Christmas day. I think you just know it. It's conditioning you. Christmas is like the great reset of a team, right? Yeah. You guys yeah. come back from that holiday break and that first practice is terrible. I always it's say like there's you're all, two, it's like you're two all seasons. There's two seasons. I always say it. There's two seasons. There's non-conference and there's conference mm. because just the non-conference man, like what do you have to scout? Where is your sample size of what you can scout for this team? You yeah. don't know a team. You don't know a team's strength 
until that point in the season because you have enough data on them. You have enough film. You have enough mm-hmm. uh, talking to other coaches, scouting stuff. Like, it's not until then do you really have the identity of a team. Yeah. And so that's – Yeah, because, like, Marcus, Zagorowski, like, didn't start till after – what that first uh, conference game, right? No, that was like his first start of the year. So yeah, that that whole deal is like a, it's like a, it's like a. It's like I don't a, even think. I I think Marcus is. I thought it was Marquette. he came off the. I think Marquette. That was, was his, that Marquette was his first start, but he, first like start? he came off the bench against Providence, or that was his freshman year. Yeah, no, so it, okay, it was so Marquette yeah. his sophomore year. Yeah. yeah, he came off the bench. I think they played. Didn't they play? They played Providence on the road, right? That year, mm-hmm. yeah, you guys yeah, we played Providence on the road because Marcus was killing. Yeah, he was killing, killing. Right? Yeah, and then that earned him a starting gig because it's like, oh, this dude's this dude's yeah. about that Biggie's life, so let's yeah. get him in the starting lineup. Yeah, he didn't play with that first rotation more, um, but that didn't come till after Christmas, like you know. Right. I mean? So yeah, right. that's crazy. That's how it goes, though. That's this. That's this life of like when you're a young squad. It's very and and, and again, that's what I'm. That's what I mean, too, because it's like non-conference where you can't like so non-conference where you don't really have the most in-depth scouting reports and all that on guys like you can kind of roam freely, play your game, like do whatever, because, you know, dudes aren't like if you can't go left, they're not just forcing you right. Like they're not like there's there's a bunch of stuff. So once you get to the conference schedule games, I think that's when the guys who are the most locked in play, because it's like with all scouting reports and defensive schemes they're trying to throw at you the guys who can deal with those adjustments and understand like i guess like the coaching points of the game are the ones that get to play yeah let's run down some of these dudes real quick and uh hit up out of here uh so we talked about ryan nemhart a little bit but i don't know when you're uh like put yourself in the mind of a player right now do you, do you look at your recruiting class at all? Do you try to evaluate the new guys and like, all right, what's this dude bringing to the squad? Oh, yeah. You're like, heavily, you, okay. heavily. Heavily. So put that, put that cap on real quick and tell me what you think of Ryan Nemhar when you watch him. Like when you, you know, he's played some high level, I mean the highest level of amateur competition. Like he can't play any better competition than what he's faced coming into right. college basically. So, right. I mean, every day that dude has played somebody nationally ranked um somebody who's a future lottery pick like what what are your impressions right. of how he handled himself in those situations uh mature i guess his game is very mature oh, for like sure. when i watch him play he's so he has so, one he is great he has unbelievable body control when he attacks the basket he's a great slasher and he's just a good setup playmaker like he he can really get that foot in the paint for the creighton offense mm-hmm. like i think whenever I, when i'm in my analysis when i've looked at these guys i try to like put on my cap of like, okay, where do I see them being effective? Like, I'm like, put, put myself inside the arena in a heated game against a Big East. Like, I'm like, where are these guys effective? Like, where is Matt going to call upon these guys? And I think for him, it's his ability to get one downhill in transition ridiculously. And then his playmaking ability is like slashing and all that offensively. I think it sets all the other guys up. Like, I think that's a great, he's a great centerpiece guy to like lead the break, all that. And he's big too, so he can rebound and get out on the break some. So yeah, that's the. What do you yeah. think? Who is it? Actually, I had a. I was going to try to ask you that question in the way of like, what, what player does he remind you of in Creighton's past? Ooh. 
since since I, Mac I mean, is obviously a little bit like I think he's like he reminds me a little bit of Josh Dotsler. Okay, I don't know if, you, don't know if you've ever okay. seen Josh play, but Josh was Josh would man Josh would have had an unbelievable career if he didn't get hurt. Like if his knees had held up, um, and I mean he still did have a really good career, but he was gonna be special. Like his right. playmaking ability, his 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 feel for just like mm-hmm. where the ball where he could put the ball is. And that's what I, 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 I still to this day have not seen anybody pass like him, his instincts, really for like eyes. And it looked like he had eyes in the back of his head. Oh, he was making unbelievable plays, man. I got to look up his film now. Yeah. If there's any, like if there's something on synergy going back to Dotsler years, like, I don't know if there is, but find some Dotsler games that early freshman year. Cause he would just, he, he was a wizard, like with the ball. It was crazy. Like he, he could manipulate it really well. He can make plays for other guys that you didn't even see. You couldn't even see watching how he was like, what did he see there? And he made a play. Um, his assistant turnover ratio, he was one of those weird guys who was like, he always had more steals than turnovers. He was one of those dudes. He like defensively in your face, in your grill, never letting you get comfortable with the handle. Um, it was like, he was like a mixture of like Sharif, like doggedness on defense with like, Zegarowski's ability to manipulate the ball, you know what I mean? How you can do it with one hand, basically come off the dribble, flip across the court to somebody like you yeah. didn't even see in the picture. Like mm. it's a mixture of those two skills. Like he's really, he's in your face. He's a bulldog on defense and he's really good at manipulating the ball um, and manipulating the defense and making a play for somebody that you didn't see in your, in your primary view. Um just unbelievable vision playmaking. I think Nemhard fits that mold because he's he's tough as hell defensively. He doesn't give it like he'll be switched onto dudes who are like going to be you know lottery picks. Uh, Which is another coming advantage. out of the wing. Oh, how tall? How tall is he? What six three? Uh, six, he's, listed, he's listed at six one. I'm not sure about that. So like really six yeah, one. He looks. I mean, he looks smaller. So I'll have to see. But he's listed at six one, which is not bad. Like, Maybe I'm tripping. Guys, but... I, I thought he was like six three. No, he's... I was listed at six two. How is he six one? What were you? What were you legitimately? I'm like six one legitimately. Okay, I would get listed at six two, and I would try six three if I could. He, when he's out there, he looks like he's pushing six foot, but he's also playing like I said. Dudes are like trees out there, so right. I mean, right. two guards look are six 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 or seven, so he might be six one. Yeah. It might be fair. We'll see, but uh. Yeah, he reminds me of Dotsler because like he, he doesn't shoot it great. It's definitely inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So there, there, there's some there's some part of that that he needs, which to I think can change though. He doesn't have like a bad mechanic jumper. Right. I think he just gets in the gym enough at Creighton. And I think he'll be like, oh, I can knock down some threes. No, I mean, I was he was playing when they were playing IMG. Like he had one in transition where his foot he got his footwork right. Yeah, like he didn't yeah. hesitate and he smashed that thing. I was like, oh, okay, all right, it's there. But I don't think it's consistent enough yet. So it, Creighton will have to find the right spots for him, um, get him a lot of reps shooting. So I think that's that's the part of the game that needs to um, – that he probably has to work on a lot at the next level. Uh, but he's strong. Like I said, he looks like Dotsler. He's strong like mm-hmm. Dotsler was, really strong for his age. Um, you know, he's probably played more high-level amateur competition than Dotsler did coming out. But also right. Josh didn't – like Josh hit the ground running. Like he was, he was like, he was the best point guard in the Valley along with like Brian Mullins, who's coaching at Southern Illinois now. Like they were okay. the best point guards in the Valley from the jump. You know what I mean? Like, I like turnover ratio through the roof. 
unbelievable playmaking. That was good. Yeah. We'll get ready. I'm, I'm going to ask you now, all the guys. you got to have Creighton player, past player. Yeah, I'm doing this for everyone. I, li- I like that. That was a good response, though. That's why. Yeah, I, like I think that. he's I think he's dull for the like, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how wrong I was on that one at the end of the day. We'll um, yeah, so John Christophilus, the lowest rank, the lowest ranked recruit of this class. I think he's he's at 143 at 247. I don't think anybody else has him on their radar. Um, so he's like just in the top 150 on 247. But I like this dude. I love his game, man. Like he's only a three star, but I love the way he I shoots. love, I love the way he man. moves. His footwork he's, is great. He's so he looks like he's never rushed. He's very composed. Yeah, and he gets to his spots. And you know how important that is in the Creighton offense. Like, yes. there's no waste of money. He gets to his spots. He pulls up. Like, I, I think it's going to be good. And especially – but he's one of the ones where I'm like, he's going to learn quickly that attacking a closeout into that pull-up one dribble is not it. It's either going to have to be you're getting all the way there or you're pumping and taking a sidestep hitting that three. Mm-hmm. But I think his game is going to fit so well. He's a great one-more guy. Like, I can see yes. him being the guy – at the end of a lot of one more plays, whether it's in the corner, corner to top, you know, mm-hmm. driving kick. Like, I think he's going to be that guy. And especially he can hit those shots. His jumper looks smooth. Like, yeah, I love, it, I love, yeah. and I've seen a lot of like, there's a lot of uh, videos out there of him doing like long range training, like six, three point lines. Like it's just getting the yeah, footwork he saw, right. He saw, he saw, he saw Mitch, he saw Mitch and somebody told him, Somebody told him he needed to start shooting from further because the Creighton offense. Well, some, dude, but that's hey, a game this day though. It's like if you can shoot, I'm with it. Lot, you're special. I'm with it. Like, yeah, I'm with it. It's not like yeah, it's not like he's like a freshman in high school. Like he's oh, out, I'm gonna he's just out, he's try out this. He's like no. So he's probably watching Damon Steph like all the time. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, everybody out there is moving that game. I like him because and he's played with his teammate is uh, Paulo Banchero. I think that's how you say his name. I'm, if I'm saying that name wrong, I apologize. Where's he going? Where's he going? He's going to Duke. He's the number two recruit in the country right behind yep. Chet. So, yep. Um, yep. like, it's Paulo and Chet were, like, the number one and two guys, mm-hmm. like, the whole time, basically, with this class. So, uh, he's going to Duke. That's that's Christophilus' high school teammate. Like, they play together. So, he's played high-level basketball, too, and he's seen what that looks like both yep. in his own gym and on the other side. So, I think this dude's – it's I don't want to get like ahead. It's like, yeah, everybody at Creighton can't be underrated. But I don't know where the separation is with this kid and then like the rest of the class. You know what I mean? Like I think he looks really good. So, you know, you, you'll find out as they get in the gym and as they play games, like, you know, what's his footwork like defensively? Can he move laterally? Is he quick enough? Uh, what's yeah. his handle that like? That was my only I think that was my only like critique is that I just Obviously, they don't show defense highlights on right. Twitter no one ever YouTube, puts those right. Yeah. But that was my only concern, I guess, that he because he wasn't ranked higher. Like it might might have been he can't guard as many positions. Maybe he's not as tall as he said. Maybe he's not that strong yet. But yeah. trust me, Jeremy will get him right. <laughs> Jeremy, will get him Jeremy right. will get him right. He also Jeremy had, will make sure he could guard. Yeah. He also had, I think, like a Steph Curry like ankle type injury that held him back. I think oh, he really a lot of his junior year. Right. And this, again, yeah, so this like, is why I can't. That's with a these big rankings. evaluation period. That's why I can't with these jumps, rankings. So, yeah, I know. Like, come on. Are you going to tell me some kids ranked a four star over the, a three star? Cause what the three star was hurt for four months. Like, right. come on. Now, now, now we're getting into a weird territory. I mean, when you watch him, he looks like he might be the best shooter in this whole class. Like, yeah. you're like, if you're, I saw, so, 
a lot of people were saying this is one of the best shooters to come out of high school. Like I, I was looking at it and I was like, oh, really? Because you watch him and you're like, are there better are there better shooters in this class than that dude? Yeah. Damn, if there are, we're about yeah. to see some we're about to see some bombs. Like yeah. So he looks he's, he's he's gonna light up the he's gonna light up the arena. Yeah, for sure. I like him. So I'm uh yeah. Uh I don't know. I think he's six four, six five ish, six three, six four, somewhere around there. Like he remind he, like he reminded me a little bit not just a shooting motion wise of like a one of the Hauser brothers. Same type okay. of shot rhythm, not not the screen and pop type of player, yeah. but definitely the shooting rhythm from the wing, like that when Marcus Howard would take that one dribble kick out to the wing and they were ready. That that's what it reminds that, me. That didn't happen very often though. So not very often. That's, why, very they, often. that's why they left. That's why they left. <laughs> exactly. Not very often, but like that rhythm is. Yeah. That's what I. That's what I see him as. Yeah. No, if Howard had kicked it out more, they would have stayed together. It would have been, it would have been legit. Right, but he couldn't have taken as many shots. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, you got to get Probably, it into yeah. so it happens. By the way, like, we got to hit up the Big East real quick. Why are you gassing up, like, Marcus Howard every time he breathes? Like, there are other Big East alums, like, in the league. Yeah. I went back and to their- I know, I know, I know, I know one. I know Every one time Marcus Howard hit a contract. shot, they were like, oh, Marcus Howard, like, gas him up, you know? It's like, you know, like, Kemba's out there and, like, Doug's out there and, like, you know, Ty's playing uh, with the Suns, who are the best team in the West. Like, you can. Kyrie Thomas. Kyrie Thomas. Kyrie Thomas had a 25 5 and 5 and 5 and 5 and 5 5 game. Like, every stat he had five of, you know what I mean? Except for turnovers, he had zero. It's like. <laughs> Shout out to Kyrie Thomas. Did you get man. a tweet for that? What? Shout out Kyrie Thomas. Multi year yeah. deal. Houston Rockets. Secured that balling. Right? Balling. Got that contract. That's all you're looking for in the NBA, right? There's like so many spots up for grabs. Just needed yeah. his opportunity, and he got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Big East needs to like start gassing those. Yeah, Big East, show more love. Come on, Marcus Howard got enough love. Like he's good. Like every time he gets a shot, they'll know it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, uh, let's do Ryan Hawkins next. So he's the kid out of Northwest Missouri State, mm-hmm. uh, three-time D2 national champ. Uh, two of those years, he played prominent roles in those squads. Um, man, dude, like this dude is decorated. Like, he's first all time in rebounding, second all time in scoring, steals, and threes made at Northwest Missouri State. Forty one percent for his career on like seven hundred attempts. Like, it's not a small sample size. Uh, six. Like, what do you think of Ryan? Let me just let me give you my two bullet points on my notes here that I said about him. Okay, because I was like reliable. Matt going to love him and very Creighton player. Very well. So I just think very Creighton player. Okay. Like he's going, like he's, he's the type of experienced guy that Mac is going to trust in a game because he's been in big moments and he's not going to get rattled mm. and he's not going to get overwhelmed. I don't think maybe the speed of the game at first, but I think after a little bit, he'll be fine. I just think he's a get it done kind of guy. Like he's a real, like, you need rebounds. You need whatever it is. You need kickouts. You need to defend this guy. I think he's a perfect guy that Mac will be able to just be like, all right, we have a matchup problem. This is our guy we got to put in here. We can plug in here defensively. We need to stretch it out and use him this way because a, a big is guarding him. Put him out to the three. Like, I think he's a he's going to be an interesting piece. I wonder how much he'll actually uh, end up playing in the rotation down the stretch, but I think he's going to be a definite guy that is used for certain moments, kind of like how we use Dame, like when he first got in, 
how he was like a utility guy off the bench where it's like he provided like a spark with X amount of rebounds, get a put back or something like that. I think yeah. he's going to be kind of guy that falls into that category. Yeah, no, I think. What do you uh, think? And I need your player comparison for him after. Oh, shit. Um, skipped one. Dude, this might sound a little crazy, but it's hard to avoid it just because, like, he played there. Like, I know it's easy. It's an easy comp, but he's like a poor man's dug a little bit because just not like in right. not in not in output. So let's just stop that. Doug's output is legendary. Right. Right. But if but if you're like if you just watch Doug on film, don't tell me the don't tell me the the historical right. records. Right. Tell me what he does on the floor. Right. Right. Like, where is he gonna? Where are his spots? How does he? Mm-hmm. How does he uh, compromise a defense? Where is he dangerous? When I watch, where does Hawkins, he use his size at an advantage? Yep. Yes, yeah, I agree. I agree. Like when you watch Doug and then you watch Ryan Hawkins, that there's like a similar skill set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not. I'm not saying Ryan Hawkins is gonna drop 800 points on the Big East. So that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying he's got really good. And he that that is a good point because Doug had really good touch around the basket, which yes. Ryan does like Hawkins does as well. Footwork very good too. touch around the basket, very good footwork, very good like knowing the size of the opponent guarding you, like yes. little stuff like that. That they're like that's what I mean. He's a get it done kind of guy. Like he's right. not going to be fancy about it. He might not be flashy like all that, but he's going to get it done. Like he'll get you a bucket in the post if there's a dude guarding him a foot smaller. Like yes. he's going to get that bucket. Yeah. And if there's a double coming, he's going to make the right pass. Like I, I, yes. I get yeah, that's what I mean. I'm not. I'm not saying expect 27 a game. I'm saying he he's six foot seven, and he can step out behind the three. Like he, that, deep that, he, can, he can hit deep threes at six seven, so he can step out behind the line, well behind the line, drag a bigger defender out. When he gets a smaller defender on him, if he's heating up one day, um, he's really good in the post at you know manipulating the defender with angles, footwork, and he's got good touch around the basket too. So. He can finish with either hand. He's got really good footwork and churn over either shoulder. So I'm like, and, and like you said, he's really good at when he's in that post-up situation against a smaller defender and they send help to him. He's they shown really pass. good composure to, all right, slow the game down, look for the read, make the open play or make the, make the quick kick out that can go to the one more that can hit the open shot. You know what I mean? Exactly. That hockey assist type of play. Um that's what I see. So I'm like, that's everything Doug did. Yeah. So it's, to me, I'm like, it's, it, it's more so just like first team All American National Player of the Year. Um, but he does what Doug did. Like he's I a agree. like. So I think that's like his skill set has been shown he to knows be his game. good at. He knows games. his game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's he's a get it done kind of guy. And defensively, he's got some. Uh, he was defensive player of the year in D two. So. Uh, one of the one of the years he was there. So like he's got, he's you know got some probably more athleticism than you would think out of someone who got comped to a Doug McDermott. And then honestly, Doug had more athleticism than people got him gave him credit for too. Like oh, his yeah, vertical, his more. speed, everything. Like it was it was just a baggy t shirt, man. Like it was once, exactly. he took out, once he took <laughs> right. out the baggy t shirt, people were like, oh wait, there's athleticism under here. Oh, I always man. joke. I always joke with Doug about like that. I'm like, yo, you would have been drafted higher if you didn't wear that. Big ass t shirt for you. <laughs> they don't trust the baggy t. Um, yeah, so I think I like Ryan because he's 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 versatile and he's experienced, and I think that's gonna help on this squad because they're coming off a year where they where they 
they just lost a lot of winners. Mm-hmm. And I think there's just something to be said for having winners on your side. There definitely is. There's just definitely is. It's just different when it's yo, like, you you nice. know you know what it's like to be around guys who don't expect to lose ever. Yeah. I don't know if he's one of those guys, but I know one of those guys is Marcus Degorowski. And having a dude who just like Marcus has only ever won. Right. And so it's like it doesn't matter what level you're winning on, you just don't take losing like lightly at all. Right. So like it's good to have guys like that around who just are not accustomed to losing, not into that like, oh, we'll get them next time mentality. You don't want those. And yeah. so yes, I think he's I think he'll bring that to the table. That and the first three guys we talked about, like you know, Hawkins won a D2 national won three D2 yeah. national championships. Ryan Nemhard played for the best high school team in the country two years running, ran the show the second year when they had right. a target on their back after Cade left. Right. Uh Christophilus played with the number two recruit in the country. They had they were they had dudes coming for their neck every every night out. Right. Those right. dudes know what it's like to be in a firefight. So mm-hmm. I think that's valuable, especially when you're trying to it transition is. from a class that like knew the rules of engagement every single night. Like, hey, gotta have the A game because this is gonna be a dogfight. Like, I think these dudes have that in, innate just ability to win. Agreed. Or to give it to give it everything they have to win. And and if they lose, they know how to work towards not letting that happen again. Like it's like you said, there's that fire there. So yeah, there's something for his experience. It helps on a squad like this because you just sometimes at the end of the day, it's not about how well you do this. Sometimes it's just about your attitude. Mm-hmm. We're not losing today. You know what I mean? And practice even Creighton too. Beat, Creighton, what was the game? Ronnie was out. Ronnie, remember uh, when, Nova. Nova. Mitch stepped in to start. Dude, that was arguably ever. that that was arguably the best team of the last decade, and you beat them. Yeah, we beat their ass all the way to a national championship. Yeah, the last team to be right, the last team to beat that squad. Yeah, that was a, that's an all time great squad, and you beat them shorthanded because you guys got winners. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Kyrie Thomas, Marcus Foster, like Mitch Ballack, like all those Mitch dudes stepping in. Yeah, yeah. They're just winners. Mitch stepped in seamlessly because how good was, like, was again? How good was Jacob in that game? Jacob played for a high level Man. high school program that competed for national championships, right? That dude was he had 40, he had 14 on Jacob seven. was with Jar- Jacob was like going against Jaron Jackson every day in high school. Yeah. Jaren Jackson plays for the Memphis Grizzlies, for those right. of you who do not know. <laughs> yeah. Right. And he was taking like Amari Spellman to like he was taking his lunch. Yeah. On the oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So like that's what I mean. You got some winners on your side. You'll fit like that helps you more than like all right. You know, it's just the turnover ratio isn't great. Uh, he's inconsistent with the sh- three point shot. Like he's kind of up and down. But if he's a winner, I think that all that stuff gets better because they'll be working because they don't want to lose. I'll, I'll, I'll buy your duck comparison for this one. Yeah, usually that's usually that's that's poor man's, that's, poor that's, man's, poor man's emphasis. Poor man's poor duck. man's poor man's duck. We'll give we'll give him that. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to put too much on the guy. Even though it's a Creighton cliche, we'll 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 get it. It is though. (laughs) It's always gonna be, man. Every time you get like a six foot seven anything. Well, you know that that because that's whose film they show when when Creighton's recruiting like a six seven. If they're anywhere between like six five, six four to like a six eight guy, you know the whole spiel is. We'll make you the next Doug McDermott. You it know, we can make you the next. It doesn't help. Now. It doesn't help that Kyle Corver is also like in this pantheon, right? Like, right. It's just right. There's just too much there to not comp it. It's like, oh, 
we got a six 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 seven stretch four who can shoot basically anywhere inside half court right. be a bucket like it's just Ethan so anybody Ethan anybody Rocky who's too. you have Ethan, Ethan Rocky Doug, yeah Tyler it's like all right you kind of got the market like yeah. cornered on these yeah. three four sharpshooters like it's it's all good so sorry about putting too much hype on Ryan Hawkins but like it, again no we just had to explain it wasn't the, hype we just had to, we had the description first. he fits we the just description. Had to yeah, yeah, and we got we got another guy on this list that fits that description too, and Mason Miller. So, I mean, Mason Miller, top easily top one hundred guy. I think it's he's what, fits what description? Models, like six fits foot, what six foot nine, lefty, lefty. So that's why it's different. I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say. But all right, you ready? Why he's at? He's not to rank them, I guess. But you want to know why I'm the most excited for him? Because he can dunk. Yes, but can I run you the play that I can't wait till it happens? <laughs> yeah, sure. Go ahead. So imagine this. Close your eyes if you need to envision it. Ready? I'll do it. I'll get it. Hold on. Get it. Put it on. All right. Go, All right. Ahead. go ahead. Creighton's coming down the floor, running offense. Ball swinging from side to side. Mason Miller's on the right wing, right? Ball swinging side to side. Ball's moving great. No real dribbles. Penetrate, kick, penetrate, kick. Every Defense gets shifted to the left side. There's only one weak side help defender on the right. The ball gets skipped from left to right. Mason gets the ball, attacks the closeout, one dribble in the lane, takes off, left-handed, yam, on that <laughs> help. And come on. You know it's going to happen. Okay. You know it's happening. So, see, Doug didn't, uh, he attacked, Doug, Doug he didn't attacked, show off that stuff until, like, he got to the NBA, right? So, you're saying Mason's when, – When Mason Miller gets – I'm watching every game mm-hmm. hoping that he just gets to attack a one-on-one closeout. <laughs> If this dude gets a one-on-one closeout, I pray for the defender that slips on the way out to get him <laughs> and the one who has to stand under the basket as okay. they get dunked on. So you're ready for you're ready for a body to get caught like in this probably, in, yeah. all right, I'm guessing in a little bit. Do you want like, you want yeah. someone to corver close out this dude and just like get his team yeah. killed basically? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's on a on a skip or a one more, he's going to attack a closeout or attack a one defender. And it's just gonna go ugly for the other team. Like I'm just, I'm very excited. For first time we gotta. Clip, I might gotta clip this because the first time it happens in a game, you just gotta like we gotta splice yeah, it. I'm just posting like, this. I'm posting know, this. Yeah, right. Yeah, I can't wait. But it's just maybe I'm all right. Maybe I'm gassing a little bit, but I really do think his ability to get downhill on the skips, the one mores, the swings mm-hmm. is gonna be like a Marcus Foster type attack. Okay. Like I think that's that's his attack. There's that like, kind of bounce, huh? Okay. Even Kyrie Tommy, like it's just like when Kyrie would always have that one jab middle and then he'd go baseline or jab baseline, go middle. Like I think he has that. And I think it's gonna just work out <laughs> for them, but not for the other team. And I just want to see it happen in the worst way. Yeah, he's super skilled, man. Like, and he's got pedigree too, because his dad was a hell of a hooper. Um I like I, I like that he's a lefty. I just don't know. I like I like there's something about watching left-handed people like oh yeah do their what? thing. It just looks, it, it looks so, absolutely it looks just so much smoother. I know. I wish I was left-handed growing up because it just like yeah. looks like yeah you could do some stuff that it just looks cooler. Some I don't know why. But, it's harder to guard because because yeah I, I'll, you know on a real note I was gonna ask you harder to guard. The, what's the difference between guarding left and right? Is it harder because it seems like it would be harder because your instincts are all reversed. Like you want to know what it is? As and I know this just from hours and hours of one-on-one when a lefty shoots right 
they don't necessarily like have a shooting pocket because it's like, I don't know what it is about left-handed shooters, but it's always like cockeyed a little bit because like, there's like, they don't just shoot from the pocket. Like righties have a pocket and have a space they need to get it to lefties. You, they just need to get it to the top of their jumper. Mm. And once they get it from there, it's just like, Oh, there's nothing I can really do even to contest now. And just as a footwork like thing, it's very hard because they don't have to square their feet as much. Sometimes they square their feet to a different angle. So you don't know they're about to pull up. Yeah. It's just like there's a hesitancy because there's not like a like a reload triple threat point for a lefty, I guess. Obviously, there is in theory, but not in the midst of playing somebody one on one. That's what it's I always, hard to stand I always wonder what it was like that if it's tougher for defenders to. I, I think everyone would agree. I think a lot of people would agree with what I'm saying. Like I've had conversations with people who are just like, yeah, I, I just I, can't, I couldn't figure it out just because it's like that first step. It's like you don't know where it's going because of the way that the ball is being dribbled in the left hand. Yeah. Okay? It's weird, right? I mean, just think about it in boxing. Whenever someone goes southpaw ball. and you're an orthodox fighter, like everything's backwards. Well, it, th- even in baseball, think about it. How fast the right-hand pitchers have to throw. You have yeah. to like 90 as a right-handed pitcher to like, even like make the pros. It's like as a lefty, yeah, tap like 84, but your <laughs> left-handed motion will throw somebody off so much that like you yeah. throw a change up and a curveball in there. Yeah, all right, dude. I agree. Like, there, yeah, there's an advantage so to it. There it's, is. There's, it's just, it's unconventional, and you're not used to it. That's um, what it is. Yeah, so I'm excited about Mason Miller because I think he's got, you know, a rare combination of size and skill, and like you said, really good bounce. Like, I think, and I think, no, I don't a, know if that's a, he's known as a shooter, but I watch these reels, and it's like he's pretty good off the bounce. Like, he's got good handle to get to his gather. And he's really – he's got good touch around the rim. And, again, it's left-handed too. So, you're going up, like, to wall up, and he's, like – he's around your wall because you're oh, I'm expecting to come now. from here, and it comes from there. Who do you think has more bounce, Alex or Mason? I'm starting this now. I'm starting this debate Jeez. now. I can't wait. I'm going to hype them up once I get in an open gym with them <laughs> uh, I'm going to be like, yo. I'm going to give it to Alex because I've seen him do it, like – I've seen him like punch on Syracuse, so I can't not yeah. give him the. I yeah. mean, he's done it. So, I think this is this is going to be yeah, great, yo! Imagine closing out one wing, you got to close out to Alex, and then the other wing, you got to <laughs> run all the way and close out to Mason. Like, it's going to be some head top dunks this year. Yeah, if it's 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 game changing for Creighton to have like to ha- you got a Corver closeout dudes who can punch on your big, who can punch on your big. Yeah, like that's that's a that's, that's going to be one. dangerous. Because normally it's like close out, Corver close out, and they let the little guy come in there. We'll wall up, and they won't they won't know what to do. Yep. Like mm-hmm. if, you're, if we're closing, like these dudes are six six, six nine, six eight. If you're Corver close out on dudes who can go baseline and rock the rim, that's a different animal. Different Cause, animal. Because then you almost have to Kobe close out everything, and they that sharpshooters love Kobe close outs because they can just rise right. up and go over there. Yeah, Kobe close out all day. That's not even. I'm that's not even. Breaking. I'm getting that up a second over your hand. I'm good. Yeah. Like you could yeah. even break Mitch's rhythm with a Kobe closeout. Like he's no, good. Not even close. He not can still close. hit hit on you. Yeah. A Kobe closeout is easier than a drill to him. <laughs> exactly. That might as well be the like the shooting gun with no one. That might him. be the dum- the dummy in front of you. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the, right, like, the big blue shooting. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I'll give I'll give Alex the his his flower. Edge on that one. Yeah. I mean he's okay. He's dunked on like what was that? He had a dunk on Cal like in the 
preseason. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was nasty. That was pretty nasty. So I need Mason to do it like against something like that on that stage. And then we'll reevaluate when we get to that point. If it happens in the same game, I'm going to lose my shit this year. I can't wait. (laughs) If they both do it. They both punch on someone in the same game. Mason from the right wing, Alex from the left, and they both like same thing or something. I'm just going to turn my TV off and just like go somewhere and be like, I – predicted this do you got like i'm gonna go buy a lottery ticket that's what i'm gonna do yeah i'll just go right. buy after after that happens what there numbers am i feeling right now what numbers am i feeling all right last one on the list uh the new guy so just sign last but definitely not least i know he's like the highest rated dude on the list yeah <laughs> that's what i'm saying that's not a bad ad to finish out the class not, not, yeah not a bad the highest thing. ranked recruiting oh, school history the, the last <laughs> we just got this guy just whatever like yeah i love how i mean before we get into him this 2021 class so it's ryan nemhart john christophilus mason miller ryan hawkins arthur kaluma sorry none of those dudes were on a radar like a year before they committed essentially it's not like like nemhart was a quick recruitment christophilus nobody had heard of until basically right around commitment time uh for Creighton. Mason Miller is the only dude on this list who had any kind of like who Creighton offered like years ahead of time and kept recruiting and battled to the end and got. Right. That's Isn't it funny how it works like that? Yeah. They hauled in that, their greatest recruiting is, class ever of just like... we said, don't panic. Yeah. There was never a need to panic. Like, we, the reason we even have this podcast is like, it's like, there's so much around Creighton that is like good and exciting and and yeah. like that guys can buy into and like, and it's like, you don't think there's going to be coaching changes and guys decommit and all that, that end up like making guys take a second look at Creighton or take a first look <laughs> at Creighton. Like now it's like, yeah, people are really figuring out what this program is. This is why we got four star recruits now. What are those things called? Uh, like dream catchers. Are those things that like, like you put you them above your bed, yeah, to keep nightmares out of your head or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what that's what this podcast is. It's a dream catcher. Like we t- we hear we see all your nightmares brewing, and then all we do is stop them. Like we're just like, wow, it's not the title like- of this episode will now be dream catcher. Dream catcher. Well, dream. We catcher. might have to change our name to the dream catchers. Oh, right. Like welcome that's- to the dream catchers with Matt Demarius and George Terry. <laughs> yeah that's all we, we do. take all of your negative thoughts and we turn them into positive recruiting classes exactly yeah we're dream <laughs> right there that's right so yeah we had all this doom and gloom all this sky has fallen and then oh here comes the you know greatest recruiting class in the school history from a ranking standpoint and what but i think that comes from oh no go ahead no just to finish that thought what i think that all the gloom and doom stuff came from and like the early reactions is like i think people were worried that the product and the culture that Creighton has will be diminished by bringing new guys in. I think that only makes it stronger. Like, I think adding more people and getting more people to understand what that Creighton culture is and like having them shift it and make it their own Creighton culture. That, that's what it is. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, I don't expect to step back in that locker room and feel the way it felt with our 2016, 20 or like whatever team. Mm-hmm. I, I expect it to be a, progression of that like i expect it to be something better like a better even di- different like whatever it may be that's why well, i'm I think, like i think what the the thing that i've learned about um the culture you guys created was just like it's just about bringing in good dudes who work yeah. hard 
Um, and then you throw in like a, a kind of a, a, a simplified version of what the NBA does on a daily basis, you know, just to kind of give guys right. ground right. level development right. that they can right. achieve professional aspirations if they have them. Mm-hmm. So, but it's about good dudes at the end of the day, even, even like when you bring in the walk-ons, like the dudes who are going right. to you know, uh, be the guys on the scout team. And like, those dudes are good dudes. Those dudes have to be, you know, selfless and hardworking and push those main rotation guys on a daily basis. So like, I think it's just about bringing in good people. And that's what I think this whole thing, we don't know about the recruiting class yet. We don't know what they're like in a fire, but when we were talking about Ryan Miller and Jalen Courtney Williams, like those dudes seem like good down to earth. Right. Guys just like be around every day, work. Right. Like it's not an overly complicated situation. Just find good dudes who just don't have like agendas that will compromise growth. Right. You know, like I want to be a head coach one day. Okay. But are you going to like be scheming behind the scenes to get that to happen? Or are you going to put that on the back burner and like help guys develop and build up to something successful that you can just slap on your resume and say, Hey, this kind of speaks for itself right here. I don't got to tell you, you know, I don't got to scheme behind the scenes because we just won in the spotlight. So that's what, that's who I am right there. So that kind of situation with those two hires, I feel like it's just, they look like two good dudes. They seem like two good dudes. And that's kind of how you keep building, how you keep the culture moving forward. Like you don't, it doesn't take a back burner when you don't have bad people with agendas in the gym, I think. Well said. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Arthur, Arthur Kaluma. I gotta learn how to figure out how to put that together. Arthur Kaluma. 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 Watch where Bolt was not even like. Watch us both be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Not even close. But yeah, consensus top 50. So I think he's 46 on ESPN, 47 on Rivals, 44 or 45 on 247. Six foot eight, um, listed as a power forward, but that means something different these days. So consensus four star. Seems like, I don't know, like he can shoot it. Uh, doesn't necessarily get guarded that much out there, though. So we'll see what happens. With, like usually that speed of the game takes a little bit of an adjustment, but he can shoot it. He can put it on the on the deck. Um, he f- finishes pretty good on the rim. Like what do you see? What stands out to you when you watch that dude on film? Like, when are just the highlights you've seen of him so far? I think he's he's going to be, like I said, when I think of the Creighton offense, I think there's a lot of places you can plug him in, mm. which is going to work. Like, he can be versatile. Like, he can post. He can catch it out on the wing. He can put it on the deck. He can run the transition. Like, he can take his own rebounds and go. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot. I, I just don't know where he'll really – fit in yet but i i can see him being and doing a lot of different things for the creighton offense whether it be just stretch four post up four like attacking wing i don't know really know where he's gonna fit in yet but i know he can do it all yeah no he looks he looks pretty versatile i don't yeah you wonder I, i'm curious to see like him in a situation Same. where that that high basketball iq has to come into play you know, you wonder with these dudes who are like really naturally not, I mean, naturally makes it sound like they don't work hard, but where there's a lot of raw talent already in the mix, like how do they, how do they learn and adjust to the game? Cause it's more, there's more nuance every level you get to. Like, how do you know? I think why how do you, know you get yourself weirded out of that situation? Like, how do you handle it? I think what's tough for my analysis of him is because one, I don't know. And two, it's, I wonder what his, 
idea of what he wants to do at Creighton is mm-hmm. and what Mac's idea of mm-hmm. what he wants him to be like the player. And I, and I bet neither of them even know yet because they haven't really had time in the gym like that yet. Right. So I think once that gets fleshed out, like I, I just really wonder what he sees himself being for Creighton and what Mac sees him being for Creighton. Probably. That's what I mean. If any of these dudes, none of these dudes have been on campus yet. Mason Miller might be the only one. No. Right? That's what, I t- that's what I tweeted, man. Mason Miller is the only Arthur dude who's been – Yeah, he's, Mason Miller is the only dude who's been here. Nemhard yeah. was a virtual visit. Christophilus yep. was a virtual visit. Uh, Hawkins, I don't. Hawkins, I think committed before they before they said you could. Yeah. Start going yeah. around again, and then yeah, this dude, I'm pretty sure he hasn't been here either. So Definitely. that's crazy. That's because this whole hey. class came together, and they had one like one dude. But on- again, and I think it's based off just of, from the articles I've read. I and like your point to you just made about good dudes. I think a lot of these guys committed because they saw who was there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think Arthur looked at this recruiting class and was like, oh, wow. Like, this is who they, these are some good dudes. Like, I want to be in this group. Like, I think we could win. Like, I think this is like, these dudes are used to winning. Like, we just, yeah. we alluded to earlier. These dudes are used to winning. I'm a really good player. I feel like I can help winning with these guys. And that's how this recruiting class went. And I think, again, like you're mentioning, because of virtual visits and this still being a weird COVID year, had to be more about your the guys who you were committing with and it had to be more about whether you thought the coaches and players were good dudes yeah because like who knows like i guess the things are starting to get lifted and all that and maybe we can go back to having somewhat of a normal season but if it's not and if the players still have to do a lot of like isolation on the road kind of thing you're gonna want to make sure you're around good dudes right and so i think arthur was like yeah these are good dudes i can can hoop with these dudes the other thing about the one-time transfer being implemented too is that I think there's less pressure on the 17 and 18 year old versions of ourselves to make the right choice out of the gate. Like there's, you know, like, what do I know about Creighton? What do I know about Omaha, Nebraska? Like nothing and nothing. Right. But if it doesn't work out, I can go somewhere that's a better fit later on and it won't be, I'm not going to run into deterrence along the way. You know what I mean? So in some ways, when you watch it, when you evaluate these recruiting classes, you got to know, one, these things rarely stay together for three, four or five years. Right. That's just the nature of it. But from a recruiting standpoint, like dudes might be like, yeah, I'm going to see what I can do here. Right. And, and, and if, it doesn't, I, like, if it doesn't work out, I got options. Like it's all, it's all good. Life moves on. Like, so maybe this, you know, maybe these, this class comes together without anyone stepping foot on campus because there's just a safety net. Now they can go and kind of have a mulligan and be like, yeah, I thought this was going to be like that, but it wasn't. So it is what it is like, but I think it comes, I think Creighton recruited at this level to put this class together without any um, official visits or being around the guys, like all through virtual interaction, just because, partly because of that new rule, like where guys can just feel comfortable taking a chance on a place. They don't quite have a good mm-hmm. on the ground feel for, but there's a, there's a safety net there now where they can be wrong yeah. about that and it'll be okay in life. You know what I mean? Right. So. And that's again, cause don't expect any crate. I really don't think anybody should expect any crate class going forward or anywhere for that matter to be like a four year group. Yeah. Or even like, right. or even, a three-year group like a Mitch Tyson and Jacob, 
right? Well, like, okay, I, so you know, Mitch, Tyshawn, let's, Mitch Tyshawn and Jacob, right? Mitch was four. Uh, Jacob was four. Um, Tyshawn was three. Marcus and Christian both were three. Like, it do, yeah, it doesn't, like you said, don't, you can't. That's why I'm like, you can't. When you watch the recruiting it. class, don't go, oh man, when these guys are seniors, it's like, that's not always how it plays yeah. out. So, and I'm like, if you want to make the final four, don't you think one of those players is probably going to go to the draft? At least, like, at, at least, least if you're going to make the least. final four. Yeah. So it's like, come on, be careful what you wish for here. Right. Exactly. Like, you just want, you just want, like, like you talk about the culture and the winning. Just bring yeah, good you want to find fun team who work hard and that's that everything takes care of itself after that, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think this class, man, a lot of dudes who are ready to like earn. So yeah. it's gonna be fun. I'm excited to get it. Group going. is gonna be crazy. I can't wait for that first when you get especially when you get in Omaha. Man, like, I just want to say like what do you think of that dude? Oh, I can't wait. That summer is gonna be crazy. We might over evaluate in the summer just because we're like Oh, we will, we will, we definitely will. <laughs> That's what the off season's about. That's what yeah. we do, baby. Welcome to the off season. Well, guys. especially this year because we're back now. Like, oh, we're back, back. I was at baseball practice the last two days, and I'm just like, I'm like blown away watching them. Like, good, didn't big it? BP. It's like, oh my god, this is crazy. Felt good. You felt I that team vibe. You felt that. Yeah. You felt that juice, the energy mm-hmm. of players going. Yeah. yeah. Coach, it's real. It's real, man. Like, Where the hell you been? I'm like, it's pandemic, man. What are you gonna do? I'm like. Yeah, some 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 of the coaches forget because they were forced back into coaching their sports. Regardless, <laughs> like, they're like, "What's isolation?" Yeah, it was like, "No, we're having sports." So, yeah. report to your job. They, they checked that bank account real quick. They're like, "Shit." We yeah, need, they're like, that. "Wait a minute, we need that revenue. We have a whole year to figure this out." Mm-hmm. All right, everybody, that was our recruiting uh, episode. Uh, just to give you guys a rundown on. Uh, all the, like I said, Dreamcatcher episode, right? You guys all had your nightmare scenarios like running through our heads the last we couple We got weeks. y'all. Feed us all your negative thoughts. We'll spin them. We'll tell you guys why you don't need to Positive overreact. <laughs> give, us, give us all your negative thoughts after this one about what you think this season will have, and we'll come back yeah. them. Yeah, tell us why we like, what, no, all these kids suck. Yeah, like no one says that about recruits ever. Ever. Like, oh, my God, they're going to be Hall of Famers, NBA players, <laughs> every single one of them. Um. Yeah. So we'll, we'll next uh, we got an NBA playoffs episode coming up though. Like we are we're gonna put have Jordan and Cole Huff. Cole Huff, their baby. Reporters. They're NBA reporters. The goat. Like, we got the goat coming on. Yeah. So we'll get into that sometime soon. Um. With the playing games getting around. So congrats to your Celtics, by the way, for a little bit. You know they're gonna. For what? I congrats mean, to Jason Tatum for scoring fifty points. That's what you meant to say. <laughs> That's exactly what you meant to say. I mean, they're about to they're about to get that work, but you know, at least they you know they were all right. For a yeah, I'm not talking Celtics yet. I have I'm reserving my thoughts for the next podcast. I, I'm just I'm just mad at you for not letting my Bulls tank. Like, why'd you lay down for them? Like, that's that's that pissed me off. So, man, we'll get into it. We will get into it. <laughs> all right, Jordan. It was good catching up with you. We'll we'll hit up on the Cabo trip too. That next one too. So we'll see. Hey. I can tell you about all things Cabo, man. Great place. He doesn't have to stay there, right? You can tell some stories, yeah? Oh, yeah. All right. I didn't, do, I didn't go too crazy out there, man. I just needed some peace of mind. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> He's about to go back, like, next week. It's, like, feeling good. Uh, if I had the bread. Well, hey, McDonald's. We're tax returns. Yeah, we're we getting tax right? returns. Uh, we might get tax returns. Hold on. Yeah, tax returns. And then we got to, like, who wants to sponsor us today? Subway or something like that? 
Oh yeah, wait, we can get sponsors. Let me see what kind of things I have around. Yeah, uh, just like Jimmy John's. I don't have any Coca-Cola cans. I don't have any Chick-fil-A. Hey, Chick-fil-A, stop Chick-fil-A. Donating. Chick-fil-A, stop donating yeah. to Republicans and give it to us for a minute. We'll do something. Yeah, bang energy. If you want to sponsor me too, stop sending money to Republicans and just send it to us. We'll do a better job. Yeah. Whatever you want. Whatever we'll you want. Be more useful with the funds, we promise. We got you guys. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll hit you up pretty soon. Peace.